the what medicine of mainstream medicine, which is what is the diagnosis? What drug do I give? What surgery do I do to control the symptom? It's why medicine. Why did Evan have panic attacks at five years old? Why couldn't I, did I weigh 243 pounds and have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, the whole list? when I was 47. And then when you, so it's like the difference, if you look at health like a tree, uh, mainstream medicine is up in the leaves and branches and the neurologist is over on one branch. You go there if you have migraines and they clip a few leaves. And if you have crazy periods, you go to the gynecologist on another branch and they do something over there, right? So all the branches are separate. Nobody's talking. And you end up with a very misshapen tree with clipped leaves and branches. But if you go down the trunk of the tree into the roots in the soil, and you say, what are the root causes of all of these problems? They're all the same root causes. It's just different picturing in every each person. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We are talking to Dr. Kieran Dunstan, and I must say, I loved this conversation. First of all, I loved her story, but second of all, just the passion that she brings to this. It's something that I see relatively often in the space, but I love when people just let it flow and come out verbally. Passion is something that I believe cannot be taught. It's not something you're necessarily born with. It's something that comes to us through experiences that we have in our life, or even through greater callings. I do believe that. And it is so obvious that Dr. Kieran Dunstan, in my opinion, was supposed to have the things happen to her that did happen to her, because now she's doing incredible work. She was originally a conventional doctor. She had these health issues and then realized, wait a second, this system is not complete for the things I'm dealing with, for these Western modern-day illnesses. And she had to go back to the drawing board. She had to go back and see, what did I miss? What do I need to learn now? What do I need to unlearn and relearn to figure out these health challenges that I have? So I'm going to give her bio. It's pretty impressive. And then we're going to jump right into the episode because I think we do a really good job of just uncovering and unpacking all of her story within this. But then we also talk about the many things going wrong in kind of like the world of Western medicine. So if you want to know about that, definitely stay tuned for this topic as well. After discovering the hidden cause of midlife weight gain and fatigue in women, OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan lost a life-changing 100 pounds and fixed her adrenal fatigue. And that is 100, 100, my friends. She is fellowship trained in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine and has practiced this exclusively for over a decade now. 
a pioneer of female hormonal justice, Dr. Kieran hosts the Hormone Prescription Podcast with new episodes weekly. She is the founder of the Hormone Club, an end-to-end, all-inclusive membership providing women access to state-of-the-art natural hormone therapy treatment throughout the U.S. and the Midlife Metabolism Institute, providing educational and coaching programs for women at midlife to fix their hormones, their metabolism, and their health. Dr. Kieran has been featured on CBS, NBC, Reader's Digest, The Huffington Post, First for Women, Best Self, and more. She's your midlife metabolic ninja who will show you the steps to take uh, the steps you need to take to unleash your best health yet. Well, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, hello there, Dr. Kieran. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. Your bio is crazy cool. So I'm very interested in diving into that story and the things that you overcame. And also, I guess it won't really matter, but now because of the time that we're recording, but many of you might have heard her on the Health Space Unmasked event on May 7th. We're recording just a little bit before that. So this should be out towards the end of May. Now, I want to jump into this though, just the same way that we do in any other podcast. And I want to know, like, when did the health symptoms start for you? And what did they look like? Because I know there's this huge thing with 100 pound weight loss, we'll definitely touch on that. But what was some of the first stuff that was going on for you? And and what did that look like? I'd say the first thing was my period started being irregular and heavy. Um, my mood started just being low, and I was irritable for no reason. Um, I'd say those were the, the really the first two things. Um, and then, it, but you know, it's so funny. I always say that, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? <laughs> how do you boil a frog? You put it in cold water and then you turn the heat up slowly and it can't, before it knows that it's getting boiled, it can't jump out. And it's kind of like that with us women at midlife, that these symptoms happen so gradually and early and we discount them and we attribute them to other things that before it's too late, like for me, I weighed 243 pounds. All I had energy to do was sleep and work. I was on five medications for depression and anxiety and I had fibromyalgia. My body hurt all over. So I'd say all of these things just started gradually. Okay. Well, and just to be clear, what's fascinating to me is you're a doctor while all this is happening, correct? Right, right. I'm board certified OBGYN now. I was then. I don't practice it anymore. And, you know, and so I'd say, oh, well, I must have a thyroid problem because I'm cold all the time. My hair is falling out. Uh, I don't poop every day and uh, I'm gaining weight and I'm tired, right? Hallmark symptoms of thyroid. So I would draw blood and I do a thyroid profile and it would come back, quote unquote, normal. And I'd say, okay, I guess I don't have a thyroid problem. Um, I attributed it to, I was just, I didn't work out enough and I ate too much, but I really didn't. And, uh, you know, then a few months would go by and I'd say, I've got to have a thyroid problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably checked my thyroid at least 10 times and every right. time it came back normal. Um, so yeah, OBGYN. Well, and the, the reason I asked is because we've had many doctors on. I've actually had another OBGYN, maybe two at this point, And it's the same kind of thing, you know, like you guys obviously very intelligent, very educated, and you're still stuck in the same system that all of us are stuck in. And it's not allowing these people to escape this. There's fundamental things that are not being addressed for the chronic disease stuff. I mean, we're obviously not dogmatic on here. Western medicine saves lives. I was just interviewing someone um, earlier this week where it literally saved their life. But 
how that problem that needed life-saving intervention even manifested was due to the things that we're doing in our modern world that no one talks about. So I think we need to mix both of these together and try to find that nice equilibrium. So you had said, you know, you're kind of uh, contributing to other things, right? Well, maybe, you know, I'm eating bad or maybe I'm not exercising enough. Knowing in the back of your head, maybe that's not accurate, but it's very easy to get caught up in our day-to-day life. I know how busy I am. I can only imagine how busy it gets for someone like yourself, especially in that position then. So there's many things going on. It kind of is easy to ignore, I guess, in a sense. At what point, I mean, 10 times you check the thyroid, at what point do you start wondering, wait a second, maybe something uh, isn't adding up here. Maybe some of the stuff that I've been taught doesn't necessarily apply to what I'm dealing with, because that's got to be hard to break that paradigm. That's a great question, Evan. Uh, And, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I went to medical school because I knew I wanted to work with women. I wanted to help them. And I said, okay, what's going to give me the biggest, best toolbox in order to do that? Oh, I'm going to go get my MD. So I did. So it never occurred to me that, There was something that I didn't know about Mm -hmm. women's health because I went through my training. I became board certified. The certifying board of American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists said, Kieran Dunstan, you know more about women's health than anybody else. So I got that certification and I'm like, I know all about women's health and hormones, nothing else to know. So literally when I would do my thyroid, I think, I internalized it and I call it a form of gaslighting that happens where I was like, there's something wrong with me. Hmm. It's my fault. There's something wrong with me. I'm not fixable. And I talk to women every day who think the same thing, Evan. They're like, I'm not fixable. I've been to every doctor. I've had every test. And I'm like, no, 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 sweetheart. You haven't. You've just been in a medical system that has, you know, I've heard that when um, Columbus first came to America, that they had the the native peoples had small boats so they knew what those looked like but they didn't know they in in their their belief system and wisdom was never a giant ship with multiple sails that was several hundred feet long and that because they had no experience with this they didn't see the big boats because the question is why didn't you run or why didn't you get ready to attack and they what I learned is that because they had no paradigm for these big boats and it's exactly the same with what's happening with us in medicine because we are socialized to believe that MD is the holy grail our medical system is the holy grail best medical system in the world um, that anything it doesn't cover doesn't exist And so therefore, the people who go there for care, yes, do we need it? Yes. Do you want to go to an American ER if you're having a heart attack? Absolutely. Um, But if it doesn't exist in that world, it's not a thing. So we then take on the blame. It's our fault. There's just something wrong with me. I'm so broken. I'm not fixable. And this is particularly true for women because our hormones are changing all the time, right? Men only cycle with a diurnal variation day and night, right? Melatonin, serotonin. Well, we've got that cycle. And then we've got our 28-day moon cycle. Our estrogen's always changing. Our progesterone's always changing. Our testosterone's always changing. So there's so much that can go wrong there. 
And basically, mainstream medicine doesn't have answers for this. So we are gaslit and made to believe that it's our fault. It's not our fault. And so I had to go back to school to get a bigger toolbox and get the paradigm. And that's that's what I did so I could fix myself and help other women. Wow. I, this is really interesting hearing this from a doctor's perspective that you kind of fall into that same trap because for myself, this is actually a part of my story. I talk about mental health stuff a lot. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I explain is my parents actually did take me to the doctor at five years old. I was already dealing with panic attacks. Now, this was a good guy, but it's an imperfect system. And not to mention, I'm right. 26. So even 21 years ago, I think there's just been a very large shift around stigma of mental health. I don't think it was him judging it. I just don't think a doctor was looking at a five-year-old coming in with two parents that were happy people and thinking that, oh, this kid must be having panic attacks, right? And the thing is, though, even kids are doing what you're talking about. I didn't Uh talk about this stuff voluntarily, even though I dealt with mental health issues up until 20. I didn't voluntarily talk about this for another 13 years because in my head, I never forgot at five years old, him being in that office with myself and my parents saying, this is not something to worry about. Evan gets himself too worked up and he's going to outgrow it. When I didn't outgrow it and I got significantly worse, this is literally what I talk about in my speeches. I thought this was Evan Transu. There must be something seriously wrong with me. I can't talk to other people about this. And of course, those presentations are more for like the stigma around mental health, but it applies to actually getting help with a variety of issues. We're blaming ourselves because... In many ways, Mm -hmm. doctors are the pinnacle. I mean, clearly some of the most intelligent people, uh, financially well off, they are the pinnacle of society, but we forget that they are still humans. And amongst those humans, even at the highest level, are still imperfections. Guys, like we got plenty to learn. Um, And I really, it's one thing when someone like me that didn't have a bias either way figures this out and goes into the functional stuff. I got a huge respect for people like yourself and the other doctors that we've had on that can challenge that paradigm when they've realized it's not working in the way that it's supposed to. And then now they have a wonderful toolkit to apply to either patients or whatever else they end up going Mm -hmm. and doing. I think you guys are some of the most credible and helpful people in this space because you can say, hey, look, I did this over here, but I also needed some of this. Here's how we can be realistic and meet in the middle. So you said you Mm -hmm. went back to school for this. What did that entail? Like, What did that look like to start learning about maybe more natural stuff? I'm not sure. Yeah, so I went to the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine and did a fellowship in anti-aging metabolic and functional medicine, which is basically instead of the what medicine of mainstream medicine, which is what is the diagnosis, what drug do I give, what surgery do I do to control the symptom, it's why medicine. Why did Evan have panic attacks at five years old? Why couldn't I, did I weigh 243 pounds and have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, the whole list when I was 47. And then when you, so it's like the difference, if you look at health, like a tree, uh, mainstream medicine is up in the leaves and branches and the neurologist is over on one branch. You go there, if you have migraines and they clip a few leaves. And if you have crazy periods, you go to the gynecologist on another branch and they do something over there. Right. So all the branches are separate. Nobody's talking and you end up with a very misshapen tree with clipped leaves and branches. But if you go down the trunk of the tree into the roots in the soil, And you say, what are the root causes of all of these problems? They're all the same root causes. It's just different picturing in every each person. Like, what are the hormone imbalances? What are the toxicities? What are the nutritional deficiencies, food sensitivities, all those things? And you fix that, then all the leaves and branches improve. Not because you gave a drug or did a surgery to control the symptom, 
but because you fixed the reason why people had the symptom in the first place. So that's what I went back to school for. Um, and it transformed my health and life and my career. And it transformed the health of thousands of women I've had the pleasure to work with since then. Okay. I'm really, well, I'm excited to hear more about this story. There's one thing I got to ask though, because I've never felt it to be so relevant as right now in 140 something episodes. How can I explain this as a lay person, intelligent enough, but no genius and not a doctor, not credentialed in that sense. How could I explain to a doctor what you just explained to me so that we can understand both worlds? Because I'm always, just to be clear, promoting to the natural people <laughs> that we need to shut up about. Like they like will be so anti-medicine sometimes, not FDNs, thankfully, yeah. but like a lot of natural people. I'm like, guys, the minute you break your arm, you're going to the ER. So shut up, right? Like right. something's going to happen. I can convince them easy enough because I'm in that space. But how do I talk to a doctor and make them realize that there's a whole nother side to this when they have all these credentials, they are intelligent and it's worked for them in many ways, probably like what, what can we say? There's nothing you can say. Oh, geez. Okay. Nothing. So that's the realist re- reality of it, right? Everybody wants to become an evangelist when they see the light. Nobody wants to be preached to. Nobody wants to be told they don't already know the truth particularly not people who are highly intelligent pillars of society who spent several hundred thousand dollars in years of their life uh, going through very rigorous, somewhat torturous training who have staked their whole lives and who have been, you know, once you get that MD, there's some of us who like to joke that we say MD stands for minor deity and you, you get that board certification and you're told that you know more about this subject and this type of health than anyone else in the world, if you're in the American medical system. You have something that I call contempt prior to investigation. If there's something that comes across your path and you don't know about it, it's quackery. uh, And you don't even want to hear anything else about it. In fact, Evan, when I finally discovered, and it was finally a patient, so I was... In 47, and then all my women, uh, most of my patients were in midlife, and they were having all what I called the midlife metabolic mayhem. And I had no answers for them. And so I would, you know, give them birth control pills and sleeping pills and antidepressants and all the things, because that's what I was taught. Well, this one woman went away. I didn't see her for a year. And then she came back, and I saw her at the end of the hall, and I was like, oh my gosh, she lost all the weight. Her hair's full and her eyes are bright. She's smiling. There's a pep in her steps. So I couldn't wait to get her into the exam room and find out what she did. And she said, well, Kieran, I went to, and saw this doctor in another town who did these tests on my hormones. You never did. And she balanced my hormones naturally, which you never talked to me about. And it changed everything. And everything with my health reversed. Hmm. And she was clearly a walking billboard. And I was in so much pain at that point, right? Pain will push you until your vision pulls you. My pain was so great. If someone had come and said, Kieran, I have the answer to your problem. You need to eat a cup of dirt a day. I would have done it. So I saw her. She was a walking billboard. And no more could I discount what I saw and what she said to me. It was very humbling. And I set out to research what she had done And that's when I discovered, oh, my God, there's this whole world I don't even know about. But if I'm truthful, about 10 years before, there was a doctor in our community who practiced this way. And do you know that I never looked into the validity of what he did? And we used to laugh about him in the doctor's lounge and call him a quack. Hmm. 
So this is what happens when you have a paradigm and a belief system and you install it so solidly in a culture that nobody can question it. It's like the emperor has no clothes. Who's going to be told, like, if I go, the emperor has no clothes, I'm going to be shot, right? Because I'm the wrong one. And And our medical system is part of big insurance, big pharma, big food, big medicine. It is a conglomerate. And if you go against that, uh, that's a whole other thing. But nobody's going to believe you. So there's nothing you say to your doctor who has the MD degree (laughs) to make him see the light. It's not going to happen. The people who practice the way I do are doctors, and there are tens of thousands of us now globally, doctors who had health problems like I did, who had so much pain who started to say, we must be missing something that I could be suffering this much. Or they have a family member who had that. I have a a friend and colleague in a neighboring town who's had a cousin who had um, a severe blood disorder and was going to die. And they, they gave him no hope in mainstream medicine. And he said, this can't be. We're missing something. And so he went on this journey too. And he found it too. So now he practices that way. So they have to find the light themselves. You just, you don't, you vote with your feet, you go get the help you need and you just say no. You still go to those doctors and you get your pap smears and your mammograms and the things you need, your fecal occult blood and your colonoscopies, you need that. And you just go and get the help you need. Okay, well, ironically, what you just said might be a great testimonial if I can get them to listen to that damn five minutes because that was just passionate. That was good. But I think that's easier yeah. said than done. Good I'm going to take your advice. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it was crazy. I went to um, – my family went to a family practice that had several doctors that would rotate, right? And it, it wasn't so much like a revolving door, but there was new doctors every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I discovered this stuff and it was working so well for me, I started putting the dots together that – crap, I don't think they needed to remove my mom's thyroid. And I remembered how pissed off I was because I knew how much hell she went through with all the things that she had. And I made the huge mistake. I was 18. I made the huge mistake of thinking that these people were sitting on the fountain of youth and hiding this from my mom. So ignorantly, because I've never even paid attention to the health status of these doctors, really. I go down to the office. I set up a whole appointment. And I mean, literally, I have references with me to start shouting out to these doctors. I'm like, I know that they're going to get me. These guys are damn smart. I got to have something here. And I wasn't going in to be a jackass, but I was going in to make a point for sure. And I remember um, this guy comes in. I will not mention the name, obviously. He was a guy I had not had before. And without exaggeration, uh, Dr. Kieran, he was probably 200 to 250 pounds overweight, pale as could be, looked stressed, looked like hell. And I had this completely humbling moment where I realized, well, if he's sitting on the fountain of youth, he's doing a pretty bad job. (laughs) You know, like he must not be using it or something. And it was actually scary in a sense because it's easy to blame the doctors as so many of our natural friends do. So I'm calling you guys out. We don't want to do that because it's not them. It's the system. It's not the system. They're in it too. So if you're going and yelling at your local MD, you're a moron. Like they're in this probably suffering worse than you half the time. And then they have a stressful job. So I think we need to open our minds a little more. We need to realize, you know, what's actually going on and why this happens. And it's an education thing. We can just educate better and, and kind of have a beautiful synergy on both sides. So 
I digress. But with that said, I want to hear about your health journey more. And then obviously what you do for people, Mm -hmm. what were some of the things, because you said you got into why medicine, you've uh, mentioned multiple (laughs) things that I've loved the way that you phrase them, but why medicine? So what was the why for you? What was going on that led to an eventual hundred pound weight loss once you discover this? Right. So the first thing I did was when I did the right thyroid test and I read them the right way, I did have a low functioning thyroid. It's not that I didn't. It's just that if you don't have the right measuring stick, you're not going to get the right measurement. So I wasn't doing the right test, but I didn't know that. So when I did the right test, I did have low thyroid. So excuse me, I addressed that. Um, And then the other one of the first things I found on that first go round was uh, that I have low progesterone, which is pretty typical for women in their 40s and perimenopause and high estrogen. Um, So I started addressing those and oh my gosh, my energy started to improve. I started losing weight. I mean, it just, I thought it was miraculous, but now it's an everyday miracle. Because this is the kind of thing I see with women all the time. And they're so afraid, like when I do the test, that they're, I'm not going to find anything because they've been to so many doctors and been told there's nothing wrong. And they're all like biting their fingernails. What if she says there's nothing wrong? I said, I promise you, if you have symptoms and you don't feel 100%, there's a reason why. And if you don't know the reason why you haven't done the right test, you haven't asked the right question, I promise you we will find problems. And so that was me. I did the right test and then it was that. And then, you know, after that, I was hooked. And I, like I said, I joined the fellowship program. And then I discovered, you know, that I, I, when I did salivary cortisol, I had a flatline cortisol, which some people listening might not know what that means, but I had the worst kind of adrenal fatigue you can have. Your adrenals make your cortisol, it's your stress hormone. You can't live without it. So in other words, I had enough cortisol that I was alive and breathing, but that's all I had. I didn't have enough cortisol to fund anything else. So it's no wonder that I dragged my ass all through the day and couldn't wait to get home and go to bed. Even though I was a wife and a mom, I literally would walk in the door and I'd be in my pajamas and in the bed in five minutes. Um, So that was my next thing. So it was all about hormones. And for me, that's where I start with women. Foundationally, that's the communication in your body. You got to get that right. And then it was going into the toxicity. I didn't know that was a thing. I was taught in my medical school training. uh, Oh, your body takes care of the detox. You don't need to do anything. Patients would ask me, do I need to do a detox? I heard that I need that. And I would tell them, Oh, no, your body takes care of it. And then when I went to my fellowship, I learned that is not true at all. And in fact, you've got decades of crap that you need to work very diligently to get out of your body. So I started working on that. And then the gut dysfunction I found. And I I was just a metabolic disaster area. But mainstream medicine tests said I was okay. Hey, my friends, it is Detective Ev here popping in really quick. I just wanted to say, maybe you've had this experience that Dr. Dunstan is describing right now. You are being told, oh, you're okay, when you know for a fact you are certainly not okay. you got to understand the Western system. And remember, Dr. Kieran Dunstan is a traditionally trained, conventionally trained, I should say, OBGYN. If anyone knows about the system, she does. So she's a realistic figure talking about, hey, there's some really great things over here, and there's some really great things over here as well, referencing Western and functional medicine respectively, okay? Sometimes we got to dig a little deeper. 
conventional medicine is what medicine? They're looking for the diagnosis. What diagnosis is this and what drug can I give accordingly? If they can't find anything, it probably means there is not a diagnosis. And if there's not a diagnosis, good luck. <laughs> You're going to need someone who is trained in a more functional framework to figure out what is going on with your body. And if you want to do that work, then visit fdntraining.com slash tryfdn. That's fdntraining.com slash tryfdn. And what you can do there is actually try the FDN course completely risk-free. No credit card required, nothing like that. You can actually just see if it is for you or if it's not for you. I will say this because I thought this was cool. In our event that we did earlier in May, which Kieran Dunstan was a part of, she said that FDNs are the only types of practitioners that she will hire to work under her. As a doctor who is tradition, uh, traditionally trained, wow, stumbled over that, <laughs> as an OBGYN. So she has that conventional training. And the only people that she chooses to hire are FDNs. I think that says a lot. So if you want those types of opportunities and if you want to actually figure out why you feel the way that you feel or the way your clients feel the way that they feel, then go to FDNtraining.com slash try FDN. All right, I apologize. I know that was a bit of a longer ad spiel. So here we go. Back to the episode. Insane. Wow. Yeah. Well, Okay, there's two really interesting parts there, and I think it actually can be the same question because you mentioned the right type of thyroid tests, and we get a wide variety of people that listen to this. Some are practitioners, and they know exactly what you mean by that. I have a yeah. you know, clear eye a picture, but then others are like maybe just considering going through the FDN course, or they're looking for someone to work with, such as yourself. So what does right. it mean when you say like right tests? And then again, I don't want to make it too complicated of a question. I think it'll go in together. Why isn't Western medicine looking at this? Like, what makes your test right? Because we need the Western medicine stuff. They look at useful things at certain times. But like, right. where is the disconnect here for someone that's maybe new to this? Like, well, isn't blood testing all the same? Like, what are they missing? I don't get it. So mainstream tests for thyroid dysfunction are TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. That's a hormone that your brain makes to tell your thyroid to function. And or a thyroid profile, which includes a TSH and a total T4, which is the inactive thyroid hormone that your thyroid makes. It has to be converted into T3 in order for your body to use it. And your body only can use the free fraction of T3, not the total. So you really need to, when you want to know how your thyroid's functioning, you need to know not only what the TSH is, but the free and total T4, free and total T3. You also want to know something called the reverse T3, which could block healthy T3 from sitting on the T3 receptor. You also want to know, does someone have thyroid antibodies? Do they have antithyroglobulin antibodies? Do they have thyroid peroxidase antibodies? Why? Because you may have perfectly great thyroid function, but if you have antibodies, you're not going to have great thyroid function for long. It's an autoimmune disease. That means impending thyroid destruction is going to happen. And guess what? If you know that early enough, I catch it all the time in women, their thyroid function is fine, but they've got antibodies you can get rid of those antibodies and they never have to go down the thyroid hypothyroid road. So mainstream medicine, like I said, is what medicine? What is the diagnosis? What drug do I need to give? What surgery do I need to do? And, you know, our medical system really came to maturity in the last decade around this concept of it's paid for as an employee or employer benefit. 
And what people need to understand is that the whole way this medical system developed and came to be paid for as an employer benefit is that uh, employers were complaining that their factory workers were taking too much time off for work and they couldn't afford to go to the doctor and get what they needed to come back to work. So the government decided, oh, we got to get the factory workers back to work. We're going to make employer health care so that employees can go and get a Band-Aid and get back to work. So in our capitalist society, the dollar is king, employers are king, and that's how our whole medical system evolved. Like nobody questions anymore. Should health insurance be an a benefit of your job? Like nobody even thinks about why is it that way? But you have to understand that that is the foundation of our modern medical system. So they're not interested in getting you to 100 and being optimally healthy at 100. All they care about is, can you get back to your job as quickly as possible? So they are about what? What is the diagnosis? What drug do I need to give you to stop that symptom from happening? Or what surgery do I need to do to stop that symptom so you can get back to work? So they are concerned with, do you have the diagnosis of hypothyroidism or not? So the, all they want to do is they set the parameter at, oh, if your TSH is over 4.5, 5.5, it depends on the lab. Well, then we're going to say that you have hypothyroid. We're going to give you a drug, get that symptom gone, and get you back to work. But that doesn't look at the function of the thyroid. That is what? What is the diagnosis? So your TSH hormone is made in your brain. It is actually on a negative feedback loop with your thyroid. So it's a secondary effect of your thyroid. It doesn't actually tell us how your thyroid is functioning. In order to know, how, so if you go in your house and you tell your teenager, I want you to have um, this house clean before I get home and you get home and you walk in the kitchen and there are dirty dishes in the sink and you call, you yell at your teenager, come down here. I thought I told you to clean the house. And they go, I did. Right. You're looking at a secondary effect. <laughs> did you go look at all the rest of the house and make sure that it wasn't clean? Because if you go in, in all the other rooms, it actually was vacuumed and it was cleaned and all these things were clean. And you didn't ask, did his sister come in there and Eat, eat stuff and put dirty dishes in the sink. So you see what I'm saying? Just because you see dishes in the sink doesn't mean he didn't do what he was supposed to do. It's a, it's a loose analogy, but it's a secondary effect. So when you practice why medicine, you're looking at the function of these systems for your thyroid, you're going to do about eight different tests. You're not only going to do a TSH and a total T4, but you're going to look at a free T4. You're going to look at a total and free T3. You're going to look at the reverse T3. You're going to look at a TPO, thyroid peroxidase antibody, and antithyroglobulin antibody. You're going to look at all these other parameters and say, what is this thyroid gland actually putting out? And how much of it is in the free form and how much of it is in the bound form? And then how much is getting converted into T3? And then how much is bioavailable and free? How much is being made into reverse T3 that's sitting on the receptors and block? Because if you don't check that, everything else can look pretty perfect. And then if your reverse T3 is really high, guess what? None of your thyroid can sit on the receptors because the reverse T3 is blocking it. Uh, and then, like I said about the antibodies, so why looks at the function? How is the system actually functioning all over? 
And this is where you pick up the things that mainstream medicine misses. You also read the tests the right way. So not only do you have to do the right test, you have to read them the right way. What do I mean by that? So your doctor is trained, like I was, to use what the lab says is quote unquote normal or reference range. So you get the lab report on the left is your value. And on the right is what they say reference range or normal values. That is defined by what 95% of the population has, right? Remember your bell curve from high school science. If you take any measurement in a population like height, weight, IQ, it's going to fall under the bell curve, right? Looks like a bell. And if you take the middle 95%, that's going to be within 2.5 standard deviations of the mean. You guys probably remember this from high school science. That's what's considered normal for a population. That's what the lab considers normal for your thyroid. So they take American people, they measure all their TSHs, free T4, total T4, and they take the middle 95% and they say that's normal for this population. Well, 60% of Americans are overweight or obese. Do you want your thyroid compared to overweight and obese people and be told that you're normal? Or would you prefer that we look at what it should be for an optimally healthy person and compare you to that? So I kept looking at my thyroid and now I know that basically they're saying, oh, you're normal for an obese person. But when I did the right tests, all those tests I mentioned, and I compared it to what it should be for a healthy person. I was clearly hypothyroid. And so this is the difference. Mainstream medicine is only concerned with what is the diagnosis? Do you have a disease? And comparing you to normal people. They're not trying to get you to be as healthy as you can be. Just like public school is not about necessarily, some people might be upset by this. If you are, you know, you're choosing to be offended. It's not about let's get everyone into an Ivy League school. It's like, let's get people literate. And actually, our educational system was founded with the same employer views in mind. Let's get them ready for the factory. So they'll be good factory workers. It wasn't intended to make brilliant thinkers who are going to change the world. So, you know, it's the same with our healthcare system. It's about Minimum basic requirements. Let's get people functioning so they can get back to work. So I hope I explained it. Oh my, no, that was, first of all, just amazing. I love the energy that you're bringing to this podcast. This is fun listening. And I'm kind of connecting so many dots, even just not necessarily with the health stuff, but with other systems that we have in this country and other countries like the military, right? We'll just kind of, all right, who can we get in? Cool. Now you guys are going to uh, go do that stuff. And then we get a few exceptional people that we'll put at the top. Even medicine in a sense, it's not like you don't have to be, you got to be pretty darn smart to kind of get into this, but it's almost a, a process of seeing who survives because they're putting you guys through hell to get through medical school and figure out all this stuff. You're going to work and study like hell. It's like, who can actually make it? Who's tough enough to do it? Right. And there's a certain, I love studying like personality stuff. I mean, there are certain personalities that have some resilience <laughs> and it's kind of ironic because you have someone like yourself who was sick, but still pushing through just to go do the damn job. 
you know, and you're that type of person that'll get it done. And they weeded you out a while ago, just like they'd weed out the Navy SEALs or something like that. Just really interesting. And then comparing that to the factory workers and all this stuff, that, that's kind of what it is. How do we get people to just go do the bare minimum of what they need to do? Shut up. And that's that. It's a little uh, scary, but I think my generation's doing well, I shouldn't say doing a good job. They're aware of these problems. I don't know if they're doing a good job at fixing them yet. But uh, anyway, back to the thyroid stuff. Yeah. I think it's just important for people to hear this, especially from a doctor. There needs to be other tests going on. Um, I've heard some tremendous uh, TSH levels that actually that was enough for the doctor, even in a Western sense, to help out. Our first guest ever on here is named Ryan Monahan. He was all the way back at episode number two. And um, he's one of the clinical advisors at Functional Diagnostic Nutrition now. When this guy started, he was a musician, felt terrible. His TSH was over 100. I forget what the exact oh. number was, but he said the test didn't go any higher. It like literally wow. was just like, this is what we test for. Um, and I'm not a doctor. I've only heard of two people ever that I knew directly having a TSH over 100. I mean, this is ridiculous. And the doctor said to him, I don't even know how you're getting out of bed every day. He's like, I'm really not. He, this isn't a joke. He had multiple alarms set. And other people would know when he needed to wake up because he physically would not respond to the alarm. That's crazy. That's not normal, guys. Um, now, thankfully, that TS, well, depending on what you're grateful for, that TSH was so high that they figured that out. But there's plenty of other people where it's not figured out. And I had actually read something before where the standard of TSH for the longest time was like a 10. No one would consider that good now. Not e Western, from my understanding, wouldn't even look at a TSH as 10 as being like normal. It's like, what, 4.5 to 5 is like the higher end of that range? Right. Something like that. But can I just add here sure, that, sure. Um, th that I, I almost say the people who don't get the thyroid di diagnosis are the lucky ones because they keep persisting to find the answers. Because if your TSH say it is 10 and you are diagnosed with hypothyroid, what's going to happen is you're going to be placed on um, a medication and that is the end of the discussion and the evaluation and nobody's going to ask why. They say that once you have a diagnosis, you're hypothyroid, you just need a prescription. Nobody's going to ask why. And there are other metabolic derangements that are, I like to say that the thyroid is the innocent bystander. She's just hanging out there and she's getting beaten up by your cortisol, beaten up by your insulin and beaten up by your gut. And in mainstream medicine, no one's going to look at, turn those rocks over and look at them. So they're never going to get to the why to fix the reason why you have the thyroid program problem in the first place. So I love that he, he was diagnosed and yet there's, there's more to do. Yeah. And you actually just hit the nail on the head because it was only because that, that medication changed his life. And literally one day he said, he's like the next day I woke up with right. the sun for the first time. And probably, I think he said 10 years or something. However, mm -hmm he kept dealing with symptoms long-term, right? It didn't fix everything. And that's what led him to this stuff. But you're absolutely right. And I think, especially with uh, family history of thyroid things, the thyroid ones can be some of the most dangerous medications because for certain people, they are so damn effective so quick. You know, you could take someone a couple weeks, they think, oh, well, this worked great. I feel awesome. Why would you go do any investigative work then? But the thing is, the thing that's causing that or things that's causing that probably going to happen long term. And I saw this happen with um, someone who suffered with like severe acne at one point, the Accutane conversation, people would take this now it works a lot less often because our world's so damn toxic. But for the longest time, it was a last resort drug. Yes, that worked pretty much 100% of the time for most people, you know, you take it, it's good to go. 
well, why do you have such bad cystic acne that you need isotretinoin, which was a freaking chemotherapy drug originally, for your acne? Have we thought about that? Um, and it's going to manifest as other things. It's what happened to my mom. <laughs> you know, she already had these symptoms at 20-something years old. They gave her the Accutane. It worked tremendously. Took away the cystic acne. And then 20 years later, she's diagnosed with Graves' disease, right? And it took forever to figure out what else was going on. And that led to that thyroidectomy. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up the thyroid stuff. I'm very biasedly passionate about that. Uh, but I want to talk about you and your programs too, though. I, I love where this conversations went, but I want to make sure we're spending the time on that. So how has this transitioned your career and what do you offer people now? I, I know that we already mentioned, we alluded to certain things in the podcast, but I want to hear it explicitly. So the people out there that are looking to work with someone uh, know what you're doing. Sure. Right. So um, I retired from OBGYN in 2011 because I made a pledge that when I discovered this, that I was going to use it on myself. And if it worked, I was going to spend the rest of my life educating other women about this <laughs> um, and reaching as many women as possible. So that is my personal mission. Um, and so I've done two summits to stop the menopause men at summits, uh, which have been amazing. We had 75 or plus experts. I think, uh, Reed was one of our experts. Yep. In that, uh, and, um, and then I have two companies I've created to serve women. One is Midlife Metabolism Institute, where I do coaching and education programs for women, teaching about, about all the things they don't need a prescription for. And then I have the Hormone Club, and I think that you guys have the link, uh, which you can put in your show notes, and we actually have a special sure. uh, discount code. So the Hormone Club is um, a telemedicine solution that I created for women. So after the last Stop the Menopause Madness Summit, I kept saying, you know, women were reaching out to me from all over the world, and I was like, we need a telemedicine solution for women to obtain the correct, the right test that can be read the right way for them to get hormone therapy and have a telemedicine consult from the comfort of their home and have hormones delivered to their home. And one day I realized I was the one to create it. So I did, and that's the hormone club. And um, so in 47 states in the US, you can get that service. Uh, and like I said, you'll have the link, which uh, I think will get you, which can be in the show notes and a coupon code of BLISS10, B-L-I-S-S, -S, and then the number one zero to get 10% off an initial membership. So those are two resources I've created. I have the Hormone Prescription Podcast with cool. a new episode every week uh, where I talk all about hormones. Like you name the symptom or the health problem, it relates to hormones. And so that's what I teach you in this podcast. I always say that I don't teach you, I'm not going to give you a fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish so you understand what is happening with your own health so that you can navigate your health journey. Um, so those are some resources I have. Sweet. And to be clear with the hormone comment, you mean, because obviously we're still talking about downstream. You mean once the person feels the symptom, that's because of a hormone thing, but the hormone thing could be because of the million other things going on in this world, correct? Right. But, um, you know, if you have an autoimmune disease, you have a hormone problem. And that's, mm -hmm. see, what I'm finding is that a lot of women don't even think they have a hormone problem and they're going to all these different doctors. In fact, they tell me this. Once they go through my programs, they're like, oh my gosh, Kieran, I didn't even realize, I thought I just had insomnia. I didn't know that my sleep problem was a hormone problem. They say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I have an autoimmune disease, that that was a hormone problem. Oh my gosh, I have migraines. Sure. I didn't realize that was a hormone problem. Every single health diagnosis you have, every single symptom you have, 
is related to a hormone problem that you have. And nobody's telling you this, but that's what I teach you in that podcast is how to know. Cool. Well, I'm excited. To, I always love listening to health podcasts, so I'm <laughs> glad to have another one on my list. Just so we have some, because I think it's always really important to think from like the client or patient perspective. So we have some kind of realistic time frame here. You were doing a lot of right stuff. You're clearly smart, so you're studying probably fast as hell and applying probably as quick as one could. How long did it take to kind of get back to a state where you can come onto a podcast like this? You don't look like you lost 100 pounds, right? You look good and you have high energy. You're verbally fluent. How long does it take to get to somewhere like that? Um, I mean, you know, it took me two years to lose 100 pounds, um, which I think is a pretty good rate. If, you, if you're really diligent about addressing all the things, that's, that's healthy. And I've kept it off since. Um, so the thing is, when you, when you fix the reason why you have the weight problem, the fibromyalgia, the chronic fatigue, all of these things, it happens organically and naturally at the rate which the body wants to fix it. You know, we're born with this incredible system that wants to heal itself. You cut your hand, you don't have to do anything except protect it from danger with a Band-Aid and it will heal itself. Well, your whole body is that way. And what we don't realize is that most of us are every day doing things in our lifestyle that's throwing fuel on the fire and causing our body to be more and more unbalanced. And when you stop doing those things and you identify the problems by doing the right tests, reading them the right way, and you stop doing those things and you give her a little support, she, instead of, I, I had one patient who described it as like, she felt like she was circling the drain and every day she got up, she said it was one new, another new symptom. What's it going to be today? Instead of circling the drain and going down, you start unwinding the spiral and going up and getting better. Um, so like in my Midlife Metabolism Institute, the first program is the Midlife Metabolism Rescue. It's three months. And within that three months, I have people, you know, lose 10 pounds and sleep all night and go like, I, Kieran, I haven't been able to lose a pound in 20 years. And now I lost 10. Right. Mm -hmm. So. It, it happens pretty rapidly. You'd be surprised. And people are like, oh, fast weight loss is not healthy. Well, it's not healthy to go in and staple your stomach and cut half of it out. You know? Yeah, good Lord. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it's so funny because people are like, oh, that's so radical. You want me to pay, you know, $500 a test for these tests and do these supplements? And, do and I, that's so radical, Kieran. And I'm like, you think that's radical, but you don't think it's radical to get your stomach cut open and have your stomach stapled or cut wow. out? Like our whole perspective of what we're socialized in is so skewed and it's time we started questioning everything. So back to your original question, it happens organically pretty rapidly that people's health straightens up. Well, I, th I think it's still good, though, because you paint the picture that, hey, guys, this takes time. Like, it takes some amount of time. It's not a pill that you take oh, one yeah, day and the next time. day everything's fine, right? And it's supposed to. It took time to get right. sick. Now, thankfully, we are so blessed in that the body that we have, somehow, even if we do 10, 20, 30 years worth of damage, and I know this because I've interviewed tons of people, I've experienced it myself, somehow can still turn it around if you're doing the right things. 10 times, maybe even 50 times to certain people quicker than it took you to actually get to where you're at. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it's really, it's not like a good thing, but the body's obviously number one job is to survive and reproduce. So I always find it really interesting how long a human being, even without Western intervention, can survive at a suboptimal state. 
right? Like we can yes. go for decades feeling like crap and not being healthy, but it will hang, it'll do everything it can to make you hang in there and survive. So your body's job is not really to make you feel great all the time. It's to survive. We got to be intelligent with what we're doing if we want to have that vibrant health and do all those things. And I think that's really cool. I think it's just inspiring when other people are out here doing this that are, are doctors and it's just so much more credible. Um, and I want to finish up today with two more things. Obviously, people know where they can find you, and we have that in the show notes. But one of the things I want to ask is you've worked with so many people. Are there any like really special client testimonials that stick out to you, stories of people that have just gone through the ringer like you, had no idea what the hell was happening, and then they finally came to work with someone like you, and that was a kind of a really transformative experience for them? Oh, my gosh, yes. So, what, yeah, when, there are a lot, but one woman comes to mind because – it was early on when I started doing this with patients and she and I had the same internist in my town. And this was the same internist who had supported me in checking my thyroid at least 10 times. And the last time when I went to her and I said, something's got to be wrong. She said, well, I'm going to run this test one more time, but it's the last time. And then she made me come to her office to get the results. I'll never forget it. And she yelled at me and she's like, your test is normal. There's nothing wrong. You just need to eat less and exercise more. And like she yelled at me and I ran to my car and I started crying. Um, so this woman had the same internal medicine doctor as I did. She had diabetes, high blood pressure and high cholesterol, which I call the American trilogy. She was on medications for all of those. I think a total of five medications. And she heard about what I was doing and the transformation I had had. And so she came over to see me. No problem. Perfect candidate. We did the work. We did the test, right test, read them the right way. Straightened her out. Within three months, she had lost 30 pounds. And in my opinion, didn't need her blood pressure medicine, cholesterol, diabetes. But I always tell people, you go to your primary care who prescribes those, and you let them tell you that. So she went over to the woman's office and said, oh, my gosh, I've been working with Dr. Kieran, and I've lost 30 <laughs> pounds, and she doesn't think I need these medications. Do you think I need them? And the woman said, no. You don't need them anymore. You can come off them. She said, well, what have you been doing? And she had this whole binder with all these labs <laughs> in it. And she had all these notes and all these supplements she's taken. And she's like, look, she was so excited. So this, to your point, how do you talk to doctors about this? She was so excited, Evan. And she's like, look at everything we did. And the woman literally said to her, I don't know why you're wasting your time and your money doing any of that. It's a bunch of nonsense. She had wow. already experienced the benefits and gotten off three medications for three diseases that increased her risk astronomically for the number one killer of women over age 50. And this doctor told her she was wasting her time and her money. So that's mm -hmm. how deep this paradigm goes. So if that proof looking you in the face doesn't say something you, anyone else is hopeless to talk any sense. So I, I since then right. put a, a warning with all the, the work that I do with people. Show this to your doctor at your own risk. She literally drove across town in her car in tears to my office. I heard this commotion at the front desk that someone was crying. Came running up. Who's crying? What's happening? She's like, I went over to her office and I showed her and she told me it was a and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. So I put this warning in the, like, I tell everyone. Because everybody, our healthcare is like this gap, particularly for women, men too. You guys are suffering too. I get it. 
but particularly women, because our systems are, we cycle, like we've got so many moving parts, more moving parts, more potential for problems. Um, we're being so gaslit by the medical establishment right now. What? You can't sleep? Oh, it's normal for your age. You don't care if you ever have sex again? Oh, that's normal. It is not normal. It may be normal in that it's what's common, but this is not what our birthright is. We have a birthright to be a healthy weight. 60% of us are overweight or obese by the time we're 50. By the time we're 60, it's three out of four of us. That is not okay. And a big part of it is the things we're talking about. So um, I know I'm on a little bit of a rant. <laughs> it's because I'm so I'm, I love this. All good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll stop. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but that um, would be the example that, I would share with you. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad it worked out for her with you. But that's, that is scary how deep that goes. That's just dogmatic at that point. I mean, if you could look at someone who objectively already got right. the results and still right. deny it. Wow. You know, um, and I've seen it before and, and I'm not just in the talk in the medical space. It is kind of interesting. You could be very intelligent in like an IQ sense. I don't, I love psychology and I somehow got down that route at mm. one point. I love studying that. It does not mean you have the capability to think outside the box or even have your thinking challenged necessarily. I, th I think there's a correlation. I think some of the most brilliant minds of all time had that ability, but it's like weird. Like sometimes it's like a, it's a curse. You know, because like you said in the beginning, these people are so damn smart and they've been educated in that way that that could actually be their biggest downfall. And I don't even, in a sense, I don't blame them because yes, if you really are at that high level, well, who the hell else would be telling you something, right? It's probably a low statistical probability that they're going to have something uh, worthwhile sharing or like mind blowing for you when you've done all that work. But the truth of the matter is, yeah, there's some crappy stuff going on. It is the system itself. And we need a combination of these two systems. We need a merging. And I think, you know, as you talked about before, the dollars kind of the main thing here until the tops of these systems stop focusing just completely on that and start, stop treating people like a bunch of just factory workers still. Yeah. I think we're going to be stuck in this, you know, but if we really can switch that mindset around and create a true system of healthcare, because it is not a healthcare system right now. I love people arguing politically on both sides. Oh, it should be free. It shouldn't be free. I'm like, how about we make it a healthcare system first? And then we can figure <laughs> right. out what the hell would work with that. You know, because you're right. Both they're like, well, this option doesn't work. The free stuff doesn't work. The paid stuff doesn't work. It doesn't work. Cause it's not even the right system. No shit. It doesn't work either way. Um, we need it to actually do something that it's going to, that it says it's going to do. So you can get me off on these tangents pretty easily as well. I feel like uh, you and I could go forever. If you guys want Dr. Kieran on for a part two, uh, let me know. Drop it in our comments or the reviews because I'd have you back on anytime. I think this would be amazing. I do, um, for the sake of time, though, I want to finish up with our signature question on the Health Detective okay. podcast. And I have no idea where this is going to go with you. So I'm, I'm curious about this one. The signature question is, if I could give Dr. Kieran, in this case, a magic wand where you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or stop doing one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Stop eating sugar. <laughs> Number one, hands down. Stop with the sugar, y'all. Stop it. Keep it yeah. to like 24 grams of sugar a day or less. If you did that one thing, you could transform your health. Even what we call the standard American diet, the SAD diet, is full of sugar. Um, it's appalling. So everybody's familiar with the um, 
Super Size Me movie with Morgan Spurlock, who ate obviously unhealthy food and totally derailed his health in two months. But not everyone's familiar with the movie called That Sugar Film by Damone Gamow, who's an Australian filmmaker, who ate quote unquote healthy food that most Americans think is healthy. Granola bars, yogurt, smoothies. And he completely derailed his health in two months. Stop with the sugar. Okay, well, that'll do it for today's episode with Dr. Kieran Dunstan. And I think you guys know what I was talking about in the beginning now, right? I mean, if that woman doesn't fire you up, I mean, you must not be listening. (laughs) She just gets me going, man. I'm ready to get healthy. I'm ready to help other people. I'm ready to podcast, that's for sure. And hey, if you're ready to do that as well, you already know I shouted this out in the middle of the podcast today, check out fdntraining.com slash try fdn. And that's where you can try the fdn course completely for free. You do not have to go to an additional four years of schooling to go do meaningful work in the functional space. That's what fdn was created for. It is basically a pretty intense course, but it's for anyone and everyone with the will to actually do this. And you can see if it's actually for you now by going to fdntraining.com slash try fdn. I think I mentioned this too before, but there's no credit card required guys. It's nothing like that. We know that there are plenty of people out there who want to do this. So thankfully, um, in our world, you don't need gimmicks and BS to get people to come and do this. So check that out. I want to thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of the Health Detective Podcast. And if you like what we're talking about and are feeling extra kind today, please leave us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you did that, I would love you even more than I already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, but until that time, take care.